Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you with us today. We will be here Tuesday and Wednesday, but not after that. And we will be taking next week off. My in-laws are in town from Arizona. Great to have them here. And my daughter's home from college, so we're looking forward to having a little family time. I hope you have an awesome and blessed time with your family this Christmas season. Uh, Elon Musk yesterday released a Twitter poll where he asked people if he should remain the uh, CEO man in charge of Twitter. And I would have thought he would have won that poll with a resounding yes. But, of course, the leftists marshaled their forces and the results came back uh, 57% no, 42% yes. So there are two schools of thought on this. Is Elon Musk really allowing the inmates to run the asylum? The people who use Twitter to decide whether or not he gets to stay on as CEO? Or did Elon Musk already determine that he would step away from Twitter, return to Tesla, return to SpaceX, stabilize the stock price, because he has someone else in mind to be the CEO of Twitter? And... I got to assume that a brilliant guy like Elon Musk does not allow people who subscribe to Twitter or who are, you don't subscribe, it's free, people who use Twitter. I can't believe he would put that out as a poll if, in fact, he had not already prepared for the worst eventuality of the poll, which would be that he is told to go by people who use the platform. So this brings up two ancillary issues. Number one... Did Elon Musk put the poll out there because he always planned to step away from Twitter? And if so, why? Is he, is he planning to step away from Twitter because, and this is the answer I hope is the case, because he has someone else in mind who would drive the left even more crazy than him? And I don't know who that would be. No, it's not going to be Donald Trump. But that would definitely do it. Or, and this is the answer I don't prefer, has Elon Musk lost his stomach for reinstituting free speech as the shining pillar of Twitter's existence and the woke criticism of him is basically forcing him to retreat? There is no way to know if, in fact, he acts on this poll, and he has acted on other polls, He has allowed, first of all, I mean, he bought Twitter because, I don't know if it was because, but at least in the aftermath of a poll, where he said, you know, essentially, should I buy it? And the answer came back, yes. So, I I really find it hard to believe that he did not know. I've heard some commentators say, well, he he counted on people saying, no, no, stay at Twitter. And this result uh, caught him totally off guard. I don't think a guy who's the richest man in the world allows for the worst uh, uh, contingency being something he hadn't previously considered, right? You don't float that poll and pledge to follow the results of that poll if you're not at peace and haven't strategized with the poll going away, you may not want it to go. You have to uh, always troubleshoot what's the worst thing that could happen. Uh, Boy, could I go off on a long rant right here about Ohio State's basketball coaching staff not troubleshooting that particular answer on Saturday when they allowed North Carolina to throw in two unchallenged inbounds passes in the last two seconds, thus sending what should have been a win into the loss column. 
I could really go off on that. But for our purposes, we'll just leave that lay a little bit. Um, Wow. Okay, now, Sunday, I don't know whether to be encouraged or discouraged by the fact that the major news networks have decided to finally pay attention to our southern border. Yes, ABC News Sunday host Martha Raddatz, who infamously fact-checked Mitt Romney during his debate with Barack Obama and got the fact check wrong. Or was that Candy Crowley? I get my leftist commentators mixed up. I think they both did it, actually. But at any rate, Martha Raddatz visited the southern border where she had an interview with Greg Abbott, Texas governor. And it sounded... Now, here's the thing. Nice that a leftist reporter goes to the border, but you can't expect a fair shake just because they are at the border. Allow me to prove it. You talk about the border wall. You talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border. Come on over. But people I have heard say it for you are former President Trump or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border, and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. It was, it was known from the time that Joe Biden got elected that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not. It's known across the world, but most importantly, known among the cartels. And how do you play into that? What can you- I don't need to hear any more of her nonsense. Do we not have, does she not have access to the audio and video from one of the debates where Joe Biden said, yes, yes, they should come? Does the fact that he has tried to repeal every single Trump border policy not proof that Joe Biden is not as vigilant about policing our southern border as Donald Trump? I mean, this is just willful ignorance on the part of Martha Raddatz. Now, I found in the archives today uh, something that I did not know existed. But if you want to know how partisan this whole border situation is, here's a story from July 14th, 2019, from the official government webpage of a sitting U.S. senator. One you know, although I hope you haven't voted for him. It is Sherrod Brown's website. July 14th, 2019, Brown visits southern border, speaks out against, get this, ongoing humanitarian crisis. Sherrod Brown at the southern border saying it is an ongoing humanitarian crisis. July of 2019, who was president? Donald Trump. Have the border crossing numbers increased or decreased since we transitioned from Donald Trump to Joe Biden? I believe they have soared. So if Sherrod Brown and his unkempt head of hair visited the southern border in July of 2019, and he was moved to call it a humanitarian crisis then, where is he now on this particular issue? Let me read you the quote from 2019, Sherrod Brown's own website, brown.senate.gov. Today's visit underscored the inhumanity and coldness of President Trump's family separation policy. Connie, that's his wife, 
woke plane dealer reporter. Connie and I met today with children and families who are coming to our country to flee violence and persecution, seeking a better life for their families, tearing them apart and locking them in cages isn't going to fix our broken immigration policy, and it goes against the values that make this country great. It is time the president end this policy. Stop with the divisive rhetoric and name-calling and work with Congress to find a solution that secures our borders while creating a pathway for people to earn citizenship. What nonsense. He said secures our border? He did, yes, he did. Wow, I'm impressed. Exactly. So Sherrod Brown then, a much different take than Sherrod Brown now. Now, I also found over the weekend this piece of audio from our uh, our man of the year, according to the Babylon Bee. A man of the year is a Rachel Levine, who is a man, but is the first four-star female admiral because Rachel Levine is a transgender woman, which is to say Rachel Levine is a man. And uh, Rachel Levine was talking at some kind of a con- conference somewhere. I want to play a little of this, and we're going to assess it bit by bit. And then, you know, my transition was very different because for many reasons, professional and mostly personal reasons, I transitioned over 10 years. Okay? Most people don't take that long to transition. First of all, young people are not willing to do that anymore. They're not. Young people are not willing to wait 10 years anymore. He's, uh, he's right about that. They got to do it right away. So it's interesting that Rachel Levine, Richard Levine, took two, 10 years, but now uh, he wants to speed it up. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if I was 15, if I was 15 now. I don't know if I would have taken so long. But, but again, when I was 15, what were you going to say and who would you tell and how would you possibly express that? But Now, uh, what does it matter? How would you possibly express that? If you know in your heart, that's the argument they always make. You know in your heart. Why do you need anybody else to affirm it? Um, so the, the language started about, you know, and that was now 20 years ago um, when I started, when I kind of started this journey. Oh, it's a journey. Well, if it's a journey, uh, I mean, aren't you supposed to enjoy the journey right, rather than get it over? So why is what's the big hurry with uh, getting minors to transition immediately? It's interesting to me that... Uh, quote-unquote, Rachel Levine says it was okay to take 10 years to do it, but now advocates not for that, but for something quicker. So I have placed on my social media timeline, Twitter timeline, uh, links to and caution. The Some of the links are, um, well, they're really disgusting. Of... Nina West, the drag performer at a drag tour that's going around the United States of America, holiday-themed, I believe 36 shows nationwide. And, of course, they're trying to get kids to go to these drag shows. Drag shows are hyper-sexualized. And Nina West is an approved brand ambassador for Nationwide Children's Hospital. Now think about Nationwide Children's Hospital. If your kid is in there, then you've got a serious health issue. And no doubt there are times where a hospital visit from a celebrity or somebody on staff at Nationwide Children's is done to cheer the child up. Uh, 
Is it possible that Nina West engages in these kinds of visits in hospital? I mean, after all, Nina West is listed as a brand ambassador for the On Our Sleeves Mental Health Program at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Does a man dressing up garishly, outrageously, in a sexually suggestive fashion as a woman communicate to you that that is a person who is on solid mental health ground, not to me. At the drag show in which I retweeted details online, uh, Nina West, I I didn't retweet these details, at least I hope I didn't. If so, it was completely inadvertent, uh, exposes uh, prosthetic breasts that look uh, remarkably real to a drag show in Texas at which children were attending. So this is obscene pornographic behavior. The left defends to the hilt drag shows locally, nationally. Here in Columbus over the weekend, a drag performer at a so-called church downtown is glorified in a Columbus dispatch story. And people who protest this kind of indoctrination of children are referred to as extremists. This is sanctioned at the highest levels of our government. The Biden administration has gone to great lengths to give high-ranking, highly paid positions to people who have uh, deviant sexual proclivities. The luggage thief Sam Britton, who online glorifies uh, his own puppy fetish and bondage, Tastes and our uh, first, a nation's first four star female admiral who just happens to be a man, Rachel Levine. I was playing you audio from Rachel Levine, who is a man, contends that he is a woman, dresses like a woman, or as much as a woman as Rachel Levine can pawn himself off to be. And we were just getting to the good part when we hit the break. So I want to get back into Rachel Levine has made the point that. It took him 10 years to transition from a man to a woman. 10 years. To which I asked the question, well, then why do we have to give puberty blockers to minors? I mean, they're probably not coming to you. Let's say even the youngest kids are coming at eight years of age. Okay. And the left will contend that kids before they can walk know whether they're transgender and have been born, quote, in the wrong body, unquote which is a ridiculous assertion to make, given the fact that God does not make mistakes in how someone is born, nor would a loving God put one kid through that excruciating torment and not another. But at any rate, an eight-year-old comes in and wants puberty blockers. Rachel Levine says it took him 10 years to transition. Well, if we would let that eight-year-old child have 10 years to transition, then we would be at age 18, at which time the child would be an adult and could make a better decision for themselves than they would make at age 8 or 10 or 12 or 14 or 15. So maybe we should stop administering puberty blockers that permanently alter their DNA, their bone structure, or heaven forbid, mutilate them with surgeries that will deny them the opportunity to ever have children, which brings me back to Rachel Levine's comment. 
Oh, listen to Rachel Levine talk about how grateful he is for the fact that he did not transition to a woman until later in life. Again, when I was 15, what were you going to say and who would you tell and how would you possibly express that? But um, so the, the language started about, you know, and that was now 20 years ago um, when I started, when I kind of started this journey. And it was starting to become more in culture and the Internet and support groups, etc. So um, uh, so I took a long time. Um, I don't regret uh, any of that, any of that. But I have no regrets because if I transitioned when I was young and I wouldn't have my children. Ooh. I can't imagine a life without my children. And so every experience led me to here. Interesting, is it not? That Rachel Levine does not regret taking 10 years to transition from a man to a woman because... But I have no regrets because if I transitioned when I was young and I wouldn't have my children. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a life without my children. Rachel Levine cannot imagine a life without children. What if Rachel Levine had transitioned as a minor and been unable to father children and was never going to be able, nor is any transgender woman ever going to be able to give birth to children because every transgender woman is a man and is born without a uterus and one cannot be implanted. So isn't it interesting that Rachel Levine does not have any regrets about waiting to transition because had he not waited to transition, he wouldn't have his children. Yet Rachel Levine will lecture you, me, and anyone who's not sickened too much to listen to him spout his nonsense about the necessity to transition our children's from one sex to the other immediately. That it's cruel and unusual punishment to make a child wait until they are an adult and can make a more measured decision about permanently altering their sexuality and their ability to either father or give birth to children. We have said before that the left has rules for thee and not for me. Turns out Rachel Levine advocates children for me and not for thee. Uh, They are remarkably consistent in their inconsistency.